But you know, it is refreshing hearing testimonies, isn't it? It's refreshing. I mean, that's what being part of a family is, where we share and all that, right? And now it's time for the word. By the way, that praise and worship was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, what came to me was, you know, this isn't just two songs, one song, three songs and out, right? I mean, this is, this isn't, we're giving, we're, we're putting a T up. It's like T ball, you know, we're giving you as many chances as we can. Six, seven chances to jump in the river of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hey, welcome to the visitors as well. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, open them to Isaiah 56, Isaiah 56, 10 through 11. I want to start with today. And basically as usual, the Holy Ghost has been preaching my sermon before I even get up here. I call it confirmation. Amen? We're all hearing from the Holy Ghost. That's a good thing. All right, Isaiah 56, 10 through 11. It says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant or lacking knowledge. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, They are greedy dogs which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They look to their own way, everyone for his own gain, from his own territory. Now jump with me down the road to Revelation 18. Revelation 18. Revelation's a cool book too, isn't it? It kind of says, hey, whatever you're going through right now, I know the end of the story. We win, right? All right, so... Revelation 18, 1 through 5. One thing I love about Living Waters Chapel is that every service is different. It's not cookie cutter around here. You know, if you're in this service today, you're thinking, wow, do they always do this? No. No, we don't know. It's not always like this, right? We don't always have 25 people get up and preach a sermon, right? But today, the Holy Ghost seemed fit to do it. Amen. That's where you got to go with the flow. Let's get out of the cookie cutter mentality in the body of Christ. Revelation 18, 1 through 5. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Ooh, I like that. Strikes a chord in my spirit. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and he has become a dwelling place for demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Boy, we're seeing that, aren't we, in governments? And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Now, Babylon was an evil city that was full, I mean chalk full, of the occult infiltrated with evil practices that were forbidden by God's word, such as witchcraft, black magic, sorcery, uh, spiritism, sacrificing children to idols, just to name a few. Now, we are living in a day and age where darkness is getting darker and darker. Is anybody awake today? 
anybody breathing in this place today. But one thing I like, when it starts to get darker and darker, the glory of the Lord gets brighter and brighter. Amen? But the evil city of Babylon is all too descriptive of what's going on in this country right now. The the very foundation of this country, man, it's being shaken, isn't it? And buddy, listen, I'm telling you, it's not just being shaken, it's being destroyed right now. The, The Word of God is being thrust out, and it has been for years, but it's, be, it's being thrusted out of every area of our society. And it's being replaced with opinion. Oh, if it's wrong to you, it's wrong to you. If it's right to you, it's right to you. What do you believe? Whatever you believe is truth. Whatever you don't believe, that's not truth, right? Are you following me? America was founded on the Word of God. America was founded upon the principles that are contained in this book right here. And we're living in a world where they think it's okay to murder the unborn. We're living in a world where, uh, you know, people, even infanticide, oh, not just, you know, when it's in the womb, but you know what, California, 30 days after, let's go ahead and murder that thing because it's inconvenient to me. Are you kidding me? What is going on here, people? We are living in a world that has perverted the standards that are set forth in the Word of God. And many think it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. I put a, I put a meme on Facebook the other day, and it shows an airplane, one wing on one side, one wing on the other. And it says marriage, man and woman. Man and woman, it flies. And then the other picture, it shows man and man on the same side. Guess what happens? That bird don't even get off the ground. Because it was never meant to be. Hello, somebody. We are living in a world that has accepted pagan holidays that glorify Satan, demonic spirits, death, fear, the occult. And the very purpose of all those things is one purpose. To distract people from the real meaning of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're living in a world where public schools, they you know, kick God out of prayer. They kick prayer out and they replaced it with Harry Potter. Oh, religion's not welcome into public schools. Harry Potter's witchcraft. It is witchcraft. In fact, J.K. Rowling, the author, she is, oh yes, you guessed, a witch. So they are letting religion in the public education. Forget HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax. This junk is all on normal television now. It's just a click of a button. You better believe that Satan and demon spirits are working overtime to push their agenda. And they are absolutely trying to monopolize every area of this society with pure evil. The enemy has infiltrated... Here it is, the seven mountains of influence. What are the seven mountains of influence? Number one, family. Number two, religion. Number three, education. Next, media, arts, and entertainment. Business world and government. Here's the problem. The enemy has crept into every part All seven parts. Why the church has been spiritually asleep. Why the church has been offended when a pastor talks about evil in our government. Why we're getting upset about a pastor preaching from the Word of God about these seven uh, mountains of influence. The enemy says, thank you very much. I'm going to step in while we're arguing about it. 
Christians have allowed the world and the devil into those seven mountains of influence. And it's time to take them back in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to get involved once again. Amen? Amen. According to 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2, Satan and demonic spirits are working as hard as they can, number one, to get Christians to depart from the faith. Seducing spirits. Seducing. uh, It's trying to draw you away, lure you away. And to keep the unsaved from coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. They're trying to drag people down to hell with them. Why? Because they hate what God loves and they love what God hates. That's what it's all about. There are some so-called Christian denominations that are allowing homosexuality to ordain ordain gay, uh, gay ministers. Now, I just, this is breaking news. Just this week, I seen it go across on Newsmax. The Episcopalian denomination, they just put their stamp of approval on transgender surgeries for minors. For minors. Not for adults who are, you know, minors. The Episcopalian church. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm about ready to light fire. I'm telling you right now. We're going to light fire in this whole area. Oh, Pastor James, you shouldn't talk about other churches like that. Baloney! What would Jesus do if he was here? What would the, can you imagine the Apostle Paul walking into an Episcopalian church? Oh, but we got to keep peace. Not at the expense of coming against the Word of God. The only source of spiritual unity is the Word of God. If someone's out of line with the Word, it's impossible to have spiritual unity. I went to a a revival meeting, which was outside downtown Oxford. We just walked by. And it was several different churches and denominations. This this, uh, preacher was up there, and he was saying, talking about being born again, and he goes... Now, he's talking to unbelievers. He goes, <laughs> you know, about being born again, he goes, there's a theological debate that being born again, you're either born again on this earth when you make Jesus Lord of your life, or you're born again after you die. He goes, and he said this to unbelievers, I tend to believe the latter. It took everything for us not to run up to that mic and say, get out of here. Get off that stage. You are not an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said you must be born again right here, right now on this earth. See, that's why people might say, you know, Pastor James, why are we doing community services together with all the churches in the area? Because there's no true spiritual unity on some of these, from some of these denominations. All it's going to do is hinder the Holy Ghost. Fake unity is still disunity. You hearing me? Why waste our time? Connect with the churches who are in agreement with the Word, then sure, I'll do it. Now, I'm not going to put on a show with some denomination that thinks it's okay for a transgender surgery for minors. For anybody, for that matter. There's too many Christians who are just sitting back and watching evil overtake every area on this earth. Worse yet, some Christians are even partaking of it in their normal life. 
That is called, as I talked about a few sermons back, you remember, that's called spiritual adultery. Because we are, through Christ, in covenant with God. Amen? And we, when we step out, the Bible has a word. The same Pastor James saying it. But God says, you're whoring around. That, that's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Because you're breaking the covenant that you have. There are too many ministers preaching a watered-down message and too many Christians that are believing watered-down versions of the gospel. Now, here's the deal with diluting something, all right? You can dilute something so much that it becomes unrecognizable. It becomes ineffective, here it is, in its original purpose and intent. That's what we're seeing. Oh, Pastor James, you know, the, the world knows about Jesus. They, they know about the gospel. No, they've heard a watered-down version of it. And it's unrecognizable from the early church. It's unrecognizable from the Word of God. I have a fire in my spirit to bring us back to the early church. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And I talk about it all the time. It is election season. And I said, do you think, I posted on Facebook, I said, do you think the Apostle Paul would be cool with another Christian back in that day who is supporting a governmental leader who is for everything that's against the word? Do you think him and Paul might have a talk? Huh? You think? You think they might have a conversation where Paul says, what in the heck are you doing, you fool? Are you an ambassador for Christ or not? Come on, somebody. Choose this day whom you will serve. Now, here's the deal. I'm talking about today about being a watchman on the wall. Say watchman. Watchman. Today I want to talk about the characteristics of being a watchman on the wall. And uh, a watchman is defined as this. One who keeps watch or watch. A guard. We have let our guard down in the body of Christ. We have totally let the... (laughs) We argue about the dumbest things. We argue about the dumbest things while the enemy's just creeping into every area. We are to guard the faith. Say the faith. The righteous standards of God's Word in this country and around the world in general. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, listen, commanded Timothy. He said to Timothy, and this goes to every Christian, all right? Timothy was a young pastor, but come on, it goes to every Christian. He said this, he commanded Timothy to guard what was committed to his trust. Guard the faith, protect, preserve, and proclaim the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. Be a, basically, ready for this? Be a watchman on the wall. Back in the days that the Bible was written, let's talk a little bit about watchmen. Back in the days when the Bible was written, a city would be surrounded with a huge wall, right? To protect them from their enemies. And the watchmen would get on top, the very top of that wall, and they would watch for an enemy. They would watch for anything that would threaten the safety of that city. Or the well-being of that city. Today, I want to share with you quickly here seven characteristics of a true watchman on the wall. Are you ready for this? Seatbelts on, please. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 8, 
verse 13. Proverbs 8, 13. You should come every Sunday to this church with excitement thinking, what is that crazy preacher going to talk about today? Come on. Because I'm bold enough to say what most people are only thinking. All right. Proverbs 8, 13. And it says these words. It says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. A true watchman, number one, will hate evil. Will hate evil. To be a faithful watchman on the wall, you must fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Fear of the Lord means to reverence Him, to lift Him up. Romans chapter 12 verse 9 tells us to abhor what is evil. The word abhor means this. It means to regard with disgust and hatred. You know, we're always hearing love, 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 love everywhere we go. Everything's just love. Well, what are we supposed to hate? Because there's stuff we're supposed to hate on this earth. Come on, somebody. Sure, love's important, but... We need to hate some stuff here, people. If you're going to be a watchman, you need to hate some stuff. If you don't hate it, guess what you're going to do? You're going to let him come on into this city. Come on. That's what you're going to do. A true watchman knows the word of God. To hate evil, you must know what is evil according to the word of God. Not just your opinion, not someone else's opinion, the word of God. Only the word of God can define what is evil and what is righteous. A watchman on the wall takes being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The word disciple, by the way, means this, a disciplined one. Now, here's what I got to tell you about a watchman on the wall. A watchman on the wall is a military position. Do you know someone, you're, you're a Christian, you're called a soldier for Christ. You know that, right? Sorry, you're in the army now. You're in the army. So a watchman on the wall is a military post. It's a military position. Say military. Military. So, and so a watchman takes being the disciple of Jesus Christ very seriously. It's not just a little compartment of your life on Sunday. Punch the clock. All right, let's go. No, 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 no. Jesus is your life. Now go to Acts 19. Go to Acts chapter 19. I want to show you something here. Acts 19, verse 13. You fired up this morning? All right. Here we go. (laughs) Watchman on the wall. Acts 19, verse 13 to start. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. We exorcise you by by, uh, the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish uh, chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit said this. How would this be crazy? And the evil spirit said, answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are, but who are you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on that, uh, was leaped on him, overpowered them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known 
both to all Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Here it is. And fear, the fear of the Lord, fell on them all, and the name of Jesus was magnified. So here you had some people who weren't even Christians commanding demons to come out. That's why the demons overtook them. You understand that, right? Don't use this as, as an excuse not to cast devils out. If you're a Christian, cast them out. You're protected. Amen? Verse 18. And many who had believed, this is what I want you to get. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, I love it, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of them all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew and mightily prevailed. Wow. Listen to this. In verse 19, it said that that the people of Ephesus made Jesus the Lord of their life, and immediately... Now, I like what the King James Version says in it. The King James Version says they brought curious arts and books. Curious arts and books, okay? And they burned them all. How many here would like to have a book burning and curious art burning here in Carroll, Tuscola County? I think we should. We're going to do it. No, I mean it. We're going to do it. Not when am, we'll, Sometime soon here, before the snow flies. You hearing me? We'll put a barrel back there. We'll tell people, bring your occult books. Bring your curious arts. We're going to burn them in the name of Jesus. Now, has this ever been done in Carroll before? We're doing some new things. We're digging some new trenches in Carroll. Is that exciting? This shows us that, number one, they were taught immediately to renounce anything that was evil and tied to the occult, tied to witchcraft, or tied to magic. Parents, let me tell you this. Be very careful and mindful of what your children are watching and what games they're playing. Are you hearing me, parents? Many are filled with the occult, witchcraft, and magic, and it's an open door for demons to torment them and bring them into bondage. Don't let them blindly play stuff. Do the research because it has spiritual consequences. You don't even know how many people I've ministered to who are in demonic bondage because of things they even did when they were a kid that opened the door to the devil and they've been in bondage even up to an adult. This is not anything to play with. This is not innocent stuff. There is always a purpose behind something. Now, some Christians listening to this message, you need to spiritually clean your house. You need to burn some stuff. And you have no business holding on to some things as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to have messages that we'll we'll go into that. We'll talk about what, what what are some things that you shouldn't have in your home that are tied to the occult. That's tied to witchcraft. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that at a later time. But you got the Holy Ghost. You ever walk by something and you're like, something just don't feel right with that thing. Get rid of it. Get it out of your home. Get it out of your home in the name of Jesus. Now, I've had people tell me who have burned books, who have built items that were tied to the occult, witchcraft, and magic. Get this, that when they burned them, they literally seen uh, demons form in the fire. They heard screams coming from items like Ouija boards that were being burned. This is nothing to play with, people. 
These things are called what the Bible calls accursed things. It's real. It's real. We need to get rid of them. Number two, a true watchman will endure hardness and hardship. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You know what? Ask the Holy Spirit. When you go home today, say, Holy Spirit, show me anything in my house that should not be in this house. Show me anything in my life that should not be in my life. Do it. I'm telling you right now. Some jewelry even that has curses on them. I mean, this goes deep, people. Well, I thought serving Jesus was just simple. Uh, That's what the devil wants you to believe. There's some things you need to get rid of. That's letting the devil in. All right. Second Timothy two, three, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So remember you are a soldier for Jesus Christ. This is a 24 seven job. You know this, right? You're a soldier for Jesus Christ. A watchman is a military position. Let me remind you, right? This is not a job for the weak in heart. A watchman is an active part of God's army. Uh, There will be spiritual battles. You do know this, right? There will be warfare, but you must not give up. The effectiveness of your position as a watchman has eternal consequences, not just for yourself, but for others, which we'll talk about in a moment. But you know what? When the battles start to come, listen, if, if you're not having any warfare, you know what that tells me? You might be walking in the same direction as Satan. You might be walking in the same direction. If you are going against the current of the world, if you're going against the enemy, there's going to be some resistance that they're going to try to bring upon you. And it's a badge of honor. Amen? Now, don't look for a pat on the back when you're doing your job properly. All right? You will be persecuted. You will be mocked by many. Yea, even in the body of Christ. Because many don't understand. You want to know why? Because they're carnal Christians. They don't care. They're carnal. They don't have a spiritual mind. You need a spiritual mindset to be a watchman on the wall. Amen? You are, when you're, you're getting that resistance, you're challenging the darkness, the lies and the deception in the light of God's holy word. We have the victory, but we must go into the land and get that land. We need to take it back. Amen? The promised land. God gave the promised land, did he not? To the children of Israel. But they still had to go in and get it. And there were giants in the land, by the way. Are you a Joshua or Caleb? Or are you a negative Nelly like the other ten? Oh, the mindset is so important. Come on, amen? The mindset's so important. Number three, a true watchman does not entangle himself or herself with the affairs of this life. Now, 2 uh, Timothy 2, 4. Look at this. No one engaged in warfare as a soldier, as a watchman, entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has li- enlisted him as a soldier. You know what? So if you come up against something in your life, don't get stuck there. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Christians want to stay stuck you know, there's something about the fleshly, there's something about the human nature that they just like to sulk. Misery loves company, don't they? When someone else's misery, they want to pull you right into it. Don't do it. Don't entangle yourself into that junk. Amen? The more you entangle or bind yourself with worldly things, 
the less concern you will be with the spiritual aspect. Your spiritual vision will become blurry. Come on. That's why the enemy's trying to tempt you and, and jump on the bandwagon with evil world, the evil world system because he knows if you'll do that, your discernment goes right down the toilet, baby. Yep. Right down the toilet. Flushed. Gone. See ya. Now, when you entangle yourself with the evil of the world, so that goes out the window. Now, I, that word entangled now means, means it implies bondage. Bondage. Don't get hung up in it. You're going to come against things in life. Don't get hung up on it. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. A watchman on the wall must be in tune with the Holy Spirit to draw discernment from him. Think about that. You need to have communion with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you're shutting out the Holy Ghost on this earth, you're shutting out the only part of the Godhead that's on this earth to help you. What a horrible spot to be in. That's why it says... Grieve not the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved. He can be grieved. He is a person, by the way. He, uh, he has a mind, will, and emotions. He has all three of them. He is a person. Amen? Number four, a true watchman is vigilant, alert, and sober. They don't spiritually fall asleep on the job. Go to First uh, Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Oh, making my way downtown. Almost done. Come on. First Peter 5, 8 through 9. Let's take a look at here. I'm doing good. It's before noon, so calm down, everybody. Come on. We need to hear this. We need to be a watchman on the wall. Amen. First Peter 5, 8 through 9. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Notice if it says be, 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 that's a command. Not a suggestion. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced experienced in your brotherhood in the world. In other words, guess what? You're not the only one having hard times. Oh, why is it just me? Everybody else is doing wonderful. Don't judge it by that because they might be going with the current of the world. It is a badge of honor having resistance from the enemy. Come on, somebody. The devil is seeking whom he, underline it, may devour or whoever allows him to devour them. All right. The watchman on the wall is always trying to fill that gap by being alert, being vigilant, being sober minded. It's interesting that the the Lord uses the word sober here. All right. Listen to this. When a person is drunk, they can pass out, right? Come on. When a person is drunk, they can pass out. And what else happens? Their judgment is totally off. You're going to say things. You're going to do things that you would not do if you were sober. Am I talking to anybody here that's ever been in the world before? Right? I mean, are we talking to... Am I just talking to all Jesuses in here? Right? Come on. And they allow things that they normally wouldn't allow if they were sober. I want you to notice the only way 
To resist the devil is, it says right there, to remain steadfast in the faith. The only way, the only way to to resist the devil is to remain steadfast in the faith. Stay in the faith, meaning stay within the boundaries of the word of God. If you are outside of the word of God, then it's impossible to resist the devil. If you're outside of the word of God, guess what? You're walking with the enemy and there's no resistance. So he or she knows that this calling of a watchman is 24-7. Say 24-7. A watchman on the wall must be a person of prayer. Again, keep the Holy Spirit connection. Because listen, we're not just going by sight. We're not going by our flesh. A watchman on the wall, this is a spiritual position. And you need to be spiritually minded. You need to stay spiritually sharp. Are you hearing me? That's the only way you're going to get an advantage over the devil. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen? Ephesians 6.11. It says these words right here. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Without the whole spiritual armor on us. See, we've got a lot, of, a lot of naked, streaking Christians running around on this earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Put your armor on. Come on, somebody. Yes, put it on. Nobody wants to see you without your armor on. Right? Come on, now. Stand against... Listen, it says, so stand against... Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, right? So without the whole armor, you are not able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So notice this, those two verses I, I read. You stand against and you resist. Stand against and resist. You stand against and resist by putting on the whole armor of God and remaining steadfast in the faith. Amen? Number five, a true watchman. Oh, here's a good one right here. A true watchman is unselfish. A true watchman is unselfish. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Uh-huh. Galatians chapter 6. Verses uh, 1 through 2. Such an important message here today. They all are, right? All right. It says, Brethren... Christians, if a man is overtaken in any trespass or sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. A true watchman will hate evil, right? And... And, and he will not just hate it, but he's going to expose it. But notice, you who are spiritual, restore a person. So a watchman on the wall must maintain that spiritual mindset. A spiritual mindset will always cause you to help restore and protect another person spiritually. All right? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are your brother's keeper. Be looking out for others around you. You know what? That's true love. Come on. That's what it means to walk in love. Love is unselfish. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get them on others. Amen? 
Many people that go through depression, you know what one of the main things with depression is? It's always looking inward. Always at your own self. Poor me. I guess. It's, it's inward. Get out. Get your eyes outside of yourself and start to help other people. Get ready and it will lose healing in your life. Amen? But to be able to warn and restore a person, your eyes, they have to be off of yourself and pray for them. Now, here's what the Holy Ghost showed me when I was writing this. You ready for this one? Can you imagine if a lifeguard, okay, a lifeguard, if he was only focused on himself on the job? Someone's in there drowning in the pool, but man, he's got his eyes on himself, on his own needs, and never looks at that pool. Guess what? That's the body of Christ in a nutshell right now. People are drowning all over the place, but we're too focused on our mess. Come on, somebody. A watchman on the wall must be unselfish. A part of restoring and discipling a person is warning them to stay away from evil. Come on. Number six, getting close here. A true watchman will know his enemy and how he operates. Right? Think about this. Wouldn't it be foolish for a watchman to be so confused of what to look for or who to look for? Right? Someone who's totally confused about his or her mission as a watchman. Again, you must know the Word of God and and know that the enemy is going to promote everything that is against the Word of God. You know that, right? The more you get into the Word of God, guess what? Well, I don't know how the enemy operates. Well, just take what God commands and how God operates and just expect the opposite. You know, just like uh, the Democrats and Biden, everything they say, just believe the opposite. That's the truth. Oh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm totally serious. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. Did you know that training to spot a counterfeit dollar bill is accomplished by learning the real thing intricately? Did you know that? It's not studying fake ones. It's studying the real. So when someone puts a fake in front of them, you can say, that's not, that's not right. That's why you need to know the Word of God. That's why you need to know the Word of God. <laughs> I put a, I, I gotta go back. I put a status on Facebook recently that said, the body of Christ is so not used of bold preachers talking about politics from the pulpit, from a biblical perspective. I said, we've created a bunch of snowflakes. They melt. When, a, when someone comes, come on, somebody. We got to shift the tide. We need to get into every area of society, and that includes the political arena. The political arena, by the way, it alters every area of your life. Every area of your life. It's foolish to say God would not want us to get involved with it. Amen? Now, John 10.10, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You know, so people are going to get offended, right? People are going to get offended when you talk about it, but I always say this. Offense is not a bad thing because usually when someone's lies confronted with the truth, the offense is there, hopefully they're offended enough to change. In fact, before someone changed, there's always an offense at first. Why? Because that prideful human nature. Oh, don't tell me that. Right? I mean, come on. 
It always comes against the prideful nature. It comes against the lie they believed all their life. Oh, we don't talk about politics and religion. Yeah, that's why we're a mess out here. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. <sighs> I love my job. Okay, here we go. <laughs> For such are false apostles, de- deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder... For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. I'm on the last page, okay? Here we go. Now remember, here's what i got to tell you about this point. Satan and demonic spirits, they always put a little poison with the truth. They all, oh, come on, somebody. That's, do you think, you know, if, if the devil came to you, you know, and just told you a flat-out lie that you know is a lie, you're probably going to be like, eh, get out of here, devil. No, no, he put, he, he gives you a, mostly a truth, right? Did he not speak Scripture to Jesus when he tempted Jesus? But the problem is, the devil never rightfully divides the Word of God. He tried bringing up Scripture, and then Jesus said, uh, Satan, stand right. Just hold off. And then Jesus brought up another Scripture that balanced it out. Rightfully divide the Word of God. Are you following me? So he always puts a little poison with some truth. He's very deceptive. In fact, Satan's whole kingdom operates by deception. There's only one bad thing about deception. It's deceiving. All right, some of you got it. But listen to this. (laughs) Defining a word with a word, right? Okay, listen to this. Steal, kill, and destroy can only be accomplished through deception. That's the only way. That's the only way, say, that's the, only way de- the devil and demons can get to you is through deception. The purpose of the deception is this, to get you to open the door so the enemy can come in and they can accomplish their mission to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me let you in on a little secret, secret right now. The devil hates all of you here. You know that, right? If the devil wanted to kill you, you'd be dead right now. The devil would love nothing more than all of us to drop dead right now. Come on, somebody. But guess what? We're here. Because it takes deception for that door to open to let him in to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you following me? Remember whom he may devour or who gives him authority to devour. Okay? Who connects their free will with his which causes him to devour you, all right? Nobody in their right mind would let the devil do it. That's why it takes deception, all right? Oh, I know this innocent little game that the kids play in, right? I know it's fun, right? The kid enjoys it, right? A little poison in it. Come on, somebody. Don't be overtaken by that. Be alert. Be alert. We need to be alert as parents, amen? Number seven, and my final point, a true watchman will sound the alarm. A true watchman on the wall will be vocal about what they see and warn others. It goes from just not knowing it, you're warning now. All right? Go to Ephesians 5.11. Ephesians 5.11. 
Ephesians 5.11. And it says, have no fellowship or don't have anything in common with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather what? Expose them. Now, we aren't just commanded to hate evil. We're commanded to go a step further and expose it for what it really is. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? How many of you ever heard someone say, I've heard it a million times, okay, you're just bringing glory to the devil now. You ever hear that lie? All right, great. Here it is. Exposing the enemy, exposing the uh, evil is not glorifying the enemy. You want to know why? I got proof right here. You want to hear it? God would not command us to expose it if it glorified the devil. Come on, somebody. See, some of these things are just so simple. Why haven't we ever seen it before? Come on, right? God wouldn't command us to do something that's going to glorify his enemy. Come on. That is the enemy trying to shut up the body of Christ. Go with me real quick to Ezekiel uh, 33. And we're going to end on this. Ezekiel 33. Oh, I've had so many people tell me that. Oh, you're just bringing glory to the devil. Yeah, I know. You never cast a devil out in your life. You can't discern your five fingers in front of you. Come on. And they're trying to tell me I'm bringing glory to the devil. Right? Come on. Sit down. Sit down and learn. Come on. Amen. Ezekiel 33, 1 through... I'm not telling you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I, got, I heard one pastor say, I, he goes, yeah, I'm part of this pastoral help group called on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> Some of you get it later. Okay, here we go. Here it goes. Here it goes. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet or warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes Uh, takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. Makes sense, right? But he who takes warning will save his life. Here we go. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, does not warn the people, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require (laughs) at the watchman's hand. You don't think we have an important job here? So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn, warn them for me. When I, say, when, when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to uh, warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, he does not, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. 
You know what this tells me? It tells me if we are not willing to warn the people, we are partakers with the sin that they're partaking of. If we're not speaking up against abortion, if we're not speaking up against all these evils in this society, all the evils in the government, we are complicit with them. Are you hearing me? We need to rise up and be bold. We have a huge responsibility. We cannot take it lightly. Friends, we cannot be silent anymore. We need to sound the alarm. Amen? The Holy Spirit is commissioning all of us today here in this building, watching online around the world right now to be faithful watchmen on the wall. And it's time to sound the alarm. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. We will not be silent when it comes to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, here's the deal. If I end this service here without giving someone an invitation to accept Christ, their blood would be on my hands if they leave this place and they die and go to hell. So guess what? If you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. The Bible says today is the day of salvation right now. Why? Because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And I'm telling you right now, if you die without Christ, it's hell for eternity. And hell gets thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, you're just trying to manipulate by fear. No, you know what? It should scare hell right out of you. And you need to come to this altar and you need to make him Lord of your life. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You made Jesus Lord a long time ago. But like I always say, if you drop dead right now, you don't have confidence that you're going to go to heaven. That's too much of a gamble. Get your tail up here. Amen. I'm just telling you straight right now. Let's rededicate your life. Amen. I'm not messing around this morning. This isn't no mamsy-pamsy church here. we got to be bold about this stuff. Amen? Now, maybe you're in this place. You never received the Holy Ghost baptism. You need it. This is not optional. This is not smorgasbord Christianity. This is the Word. If you need the Holy Ghost baptism, get up here. And let's pray you through it. And let's get done with it. Amen? So you can be a powerful witness for Jesus. Because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, guess what? You will be bolder than ever before. Mm. And we need boldness. Now, if you're in this place and you need a healing, you want to pray for anything else, I'm going to be up here. So when people leave, just know I'll stay here as long as you need. And we're going to pray for people, me and the prayer team. Amen? Wow. Lord, thank you for what you have done today, Lord. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray the Holy Ghost, the anointing that is in this place would go with every person. Every person that is in this building right now. I pray you would encamp them with your holy angels. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them, their vehicles, their home, their finances, every part right now. And Lord, I pray a boldness would come on each one to be faithful watchmen on the wall for your kingdom. And everybody said... Amen. All right, everyone. Visitors, thanks for coming. We appreciate you. Come on back next time you're here. Mm. Listen, you never know what you're going to get. Have a great week, everyone. I love you.